Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. We are continuing in our journey through the letter to 2 Corinthians, yesterday's chapter 7. Today, we are on chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, and uh, man, it's good stuff. Yesterday, we talked about godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. We talked about the fact that, you know, hey, when when there's a conflict on the outside and fear within, we are not alone. We have a, a help, which is the Lord. Uh, who provides. And so if you, if you need some encouragement, uh, hopefully today we'll bring that to you. But particularly, I just want to commend yesterday's podcast to you, which really uh, was a word, I think, of encouragement to to all of us. It definitely spoke to my soul. And uh, I believe God's going to speak to us today, too, as we dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's read. Oh, just another note. Uh, month, uh, our next um uh, chapter nine will also be on the podcast only. Uh, so check it out Labor Day, Monday. And uh, and uh, the podcast will do chapter uh, nine on the podcast only will not be on social media, just on the daily podcast. And so, uh, yeah, so appreciate you being a part of it. And thank you for sharing it and uh, and subscribing and all that stuff. Really appreciate it. All right, let's do it. Chapter eight. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Macedonian churches, kind of the northern Greece area. Um, I remember the folks in Jerusalem were very poor. The believers in Jerusalem were very poor. And so Paul, in part of his work in preaching, was also to provide for the physical needs of those in Jerusalem who were suffering. I mean, it's just, I mean, on a macro, on a macro level, isn't that just a great reminder of uh, the gospel, that the gospel is both spiritual. Paul was concerned about the souls of men and women that they come into the kingdom of God, but he was also concerned about their, their physical needs, that, that there's not this uh, strict break between spiritual matters and physical matters. Um, they're different for sure, but they're both important. And the child of God should be concerned about both. Right. Uh, and that that works its, 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 its way down to a community that we should have a community uh, in the church that is spiritually uh, vibrant, uh, that is on fire for God uh, and, and uh, devoted to his word and also concerned about the community, concerned about the needs, the physical needs of the people around them. Um, they're not it's not one or the other. Unfortunately, a lot of churches uh, historically have done that. They fall on one side or the other. Like we, you know, we're, a, we're, a, we're, we're, we're worried about, you know, let's make our neighborhoods better, but no spiritual vitality, no uh, edification of Jesus, no devotion, no heart uh, fire for the, the righteousness of God and seeing men and women coming to the kingdom of God, just concerned for doing good things, giving out food, giving out school supplies, uh, beautifying the community. Um, and then you have the the, the, the other is uh, happens as well, right? You got people who like you know they preach hellfire brimstone and you know righteousness with God and you know 
devotion and salvation, and yet really don't care much about the physical needs of people in their community. Kids that can't read, uh, homes that are broken. Um, and so just on a macro level, this is a great reminder that Paul devoted, deeply devoted. He's an evangelist, an apostle, wants to see people saved, wants to see people brought into the kingdom of God, wants to see people be reconciled to God through Christ. And he wants to make sure that there's some good being done in the world, that their people's needs physically, their, their needs for food and shelter and love and care are met. It's a great reminder. Welcome, everybody, to this daily podcast. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We just read one verse and we just went off. That's all. So anyway, Paul's receiving an offering and his preaching endeavors. He's also receiving a collection to bring back to Jerusalem when he's there. Remember, they couldn't. There was no online giving back then, <laughs> so you couldn't just give. Couldn't they just? Couldn't they just go to the website and donate <laughs> to the famine fund? Yeah, no, you couldn't do that. <laughs> there was you had to be brought by courier physically and and distributed. And so Paul's collecting as he travels to these various churches. He's collecting an offering that he intends to deliver to the Jerusalem church. And so uh, he says, you probably heard about how the Macedonian church were awesome. They, uh, verse two, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up with rich generosity. So he's saying the Macedonians, they weren't, in, they weren't necessarily wealthy themselves. They had their own issues. They had their own uh, economic struggles. And yet they blew us away because they were, they were concerned. They cared about those in Jerusalem. Why? You know what? I've seen this man. I've noticed this. People sometimes with who've who've suffered, they 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 have a heart for people who are suffering, right? When you've been when you've been in poverty, you have a you have a heart for people who are in poverty because you know what it's like. You know what it feels like. You know the fear. You know the you know the worry. You 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 know you know what it is to have scarcity. And so the Macedonian Christians perhaps. They uh, they were generous because they understood what it felt like to be without. So in the midst of a very severe trial, uh, verse three, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able to this offering for the Jerusalem church. They gave as much as they were able. And even beyond their ability, they, I mean, they went they went over and above sacrificial giving here entirely on their own. We didn't manipulate them. We didn't like coerce them. They entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service. I'm just chuckling, man, because I wonder if it would be like that in the offering, right? Get ready for the offering on Sunday morning. People are like, please, please, please collect the offering. Please, please. I just can't wait. Please collect the offering. That's what Paul is saying, man. He's like, we didn't have to plead with them, you know, plead with them and you know, cast the vision and compel them to give, you know, tell them how bad it was, bring, you know, bring a child up on the stage and tell them how impoverished the child is. I mean, they didn't have to like do that kind of craziness. They didn't have to, they were begging us to, to give. We want to help. Let us help. Please, please let us help. You know, because look, isn't it true that the temptation is when someone doesn't have much to let's just not even ask them to help. It's like, nah, you guys, I mean, you guys have enough going on. You don't need to be worrying about this. Don't mean, yeah, there's a church in Jerusalem. They're struggling, but you know what? Don't worry about it. The other churches will take care. Don't worry about it, Macedonia. You guys, you know, just, you know, don't worry about it. You can take a pass on, just pass the plate on past you. Don't even worry about it. And that temptation is to do that. But the Macedonian is like, uh-uh, you ain't passing a plate past me. 
You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna miss, you ain't gonna let me miss out on a blessing. You're not gonna, you're not gonna just because I'm poor doesn't mean you're gonna, you're gonna keep me out of being a part of what God's doing to help others. No way. You're not gonna cheat me out of that blessing. We're gonna give, and we're gonna give sacrificially. We're gonna give energetically, beyond our ability. Verse five, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, to us. What does God want us to give? First of all, ourselves to him. <laughs> right? Does God want your money? He don't need your money. I'm telling you right now, he don't need your money. God does not need your money. God ain't up in heaven, like, worried about making the bills because, you know, and hoping you'll pay your tithe so he can make, make ends meet. No. God don't need your money. God don't need Terry's money. I need to give it. You need to give it. We need to give first our lives to God. And secondly, our resources, our time, and our talents to him. So they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. What did the Macedonians give? First of all, they gave themselves to the Lord. And then by the will of God to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a, a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. So Titus, um, Titus was, uh, remember, uh, the, 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 the kind of the, uh, the way events transpired here, uh, Paul on his way to Macedonia stops at Corinth, bad, bad encounter. <laughs> Didn't go well. Uh, Paul was intending originally to go back to Corinth on his, on the way back from Macedonia, but decided not to because the first visit was not good. But instead of going back, he sent Titus with a letter from himself back to Corinth. Really, um, a uh, likely a sorrowful letter, a letter that was just spoke of the sorrow of the first visit. And, and also with that, uh, again, was the discussion of um, providing uh, a collection, receiving a collection for the Jerusalem church. And so likely on his first visit, he probably talked about that and they, they made promises that they would, you know, they, they would give. And so, um, so just as had earlier been made a beginning to bring the complete. So you made this promise, now keep it. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in the grace of giving. All right. We, when I was a pastor in Virginia Beach, we did a, a, a campaign uh, called Our, uh, Our Excellence for His Glory. It was based on this. As you excel in everything, excel also in the grace of giving. You know, some people have a gift of giving, you know, it comes effortless. They're just generous. But some of us, we, we have to, it has to become a discipline in our lives, a, an aspiration that we work towards, that we start excelling in the grace of giving. Some of us excel in our devotional time with God. Some of us excel maybe at teaching, uh, spiritually things, spiritual things. Maybe we excel at our vocation. Uh, Paul's saying, look, as you, excellence is great. Excellence inspires people and glorifies God. It, excellence is great. Excel also in the grace of giving. Be an extravagant giver. Why? Because our God is an extravagant giver. And it opens up blessings in our lives. And it's a reflection of who he is. 
He's going to go on to say that. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on today. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 as we uh, work in our way through 2 Corinthians. Um, verse 8. I love verse 7, though. I tell you, I'll underline that one. Excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in love, in complete earnestness, and in love we have kindled in you, and see also that you excel in this grace of giving. Verse 8, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it to the earnestness of others. <clears throat> Compared to who? The Macedonian church. He's like, Corinth Corinthians, you guys have, you know, he said, of all say, look, I'm just going to keep it real, y'all. <laughs> you guys have a whole lot more to, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And the Corinthians relative to the Macedonians was rich and poor. Corinthians have a lot. They have, they have plenty. And the Macedonians are this impoverished uh, community, and yet they give extravagantly. And so Paul is saying, look, I'm not commanding you. All I'm saying is, look, I'm, I'm highlighting what the Macedonians did here out of their poverty so that you'll be challenged out of your abundance to match their devotion. Not their amount, their devotion. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for, hit for your sake became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Paul's just saying this. The basis of all of our generosity, all of our giving, is based on what Jesus gave for us. That's what I mean. It goes back to give they, the Macedonians what they gave them. They gave themselves first to the Lord. Well, they realized they realized the, the incredible gift that had been given to them. What Jesus gave up for them, and they were grateful. Mm. You know, one of our core values at our church is uh, gratitude. Um, and when we were when we were several years ago, when we were, you know, trying to discover our core values, one of the ones that was on the board was, uh, was generosity because Bayside, our, our community is generous. It's a generous community. But the more we talked about it, the more we thought about it, the more we kind of dissected it and kind of chewed over it. We're like, you know what? The core value really isn't generosity for us. The cure, the core value is, gra is gratitude. Generosity springs from gratitude. When you're thankful when you are genuinely thankful to someone, you are generous. You're generous with your time. You're gen generous with your your heart, your life. When you are when you are genuinely grateful, and that's what Paul is calling for here. Look, when we truly are grateful for, and we really get what Jesus did for us on the cross, generosity will be a natural outflow of that. You show me someone who doesn't really, who isn't generous, I'll show you someone who also really doesn't get the grace that was extended to them on the cross through Jesus. But when you get that, man, when you get that, generosity, you want to help, you want to do, you want to uh, give because so much has been given given to you. Um, and that's why Paul's saying, so that's, that, essentially that's the basis of our generosity. We're not just do-gooders. We're doing good because of, some a great good has been done to us. Verse 10. And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. 
last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. So Corinthians were jumping, man. They were ready to go. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Mm, don't be just a starter. Be a finisher. Come on, man. Somebody might need to hear that today. Someone might be. Somebody might need to hear that today. How many of us? And I have a little bit of this in me. You have a little. You know, you you're, you get excited about new things. You know, a, a new cause, a new adventure, a new vision, a new startup, whatever. That you, you're a starter. We need to hear Paul's words, man. We got to be finishers too. We got our, our our eagerness or our our enthusiasm to finish should match the enthusiasm to start. <laughs> so uh, Paul's like, when we came around the first time, you're like, yeah, yeah, give me, give me that envelope. Give me that envelope. I want to give to Jerusalem. I want to give to Jerusalem. Uh, but that envelope still ain't got no money in it. <laughs> that envelope you, you were quick to take, it still ain't got no money in it. So be sure you finish what you promised. Keep your commitment. You know, a lot of times in, in the Christian community, we, I mean, pre-COVID, you'd go to a concert or something, and a lot of uh, people, a lot of artists would uh, be, uh, would promote like child sponsorships like World Vision or Compassion International, and you could sponsor a child at their concerts. <laughs> That's the kind of image I have in mind. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to take five kids. Give me five kids. It's like, yeah, we, you know, let that excitement that you experienced also be matched by an excitement to keep your commitment. That's what he's saying. Keep your vow according to your means. Verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. If your heart's there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. He's not, he said, what are you saying? Don't compare. It's about your heart. It's about sacrifice. It's about equal giving. I mean, it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. And he'll say, he'll say a lot more about that. It's about that. It's not the amounts. It's the willingness. It's the heart. It's the sacrifice. And God calls us all to an equal amount of sacrifice, not an equal amount in terms of we're all numbers. Verse 16, thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same. Oh, wait, I, I skipped one. Uh, verse 13, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. So it's like our desire is not that you carry the whole load. That, you know, that you uh, that you you carry the entire burden for this. No, 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 no. And while others are, you know, are off scot-free, they'd have no obligation. No, no, no. Just like in the church, right? You know, it's like the obligation is the goal is not for 10% of the people to carry to carry the entire load, financial load obligation of a local church. No, that's not right. And then the other 90% just kind of freeload. No. That's not it. It's that we all equally sacrifice. Now, that not all people give the same amount, but we're going to equally sacrifice for this community to see that Jesus' name is made great. Verse 14, at the present time, you're plenty. So right now, Corinth, Corinth, you're in plenty. So at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. So that in turn, in their plenty, will supply what you need. There'll come a time when, you know, you, you might be on the other end of this. And we all are, right? There are times we're on the receiving end. There are times on the giving end. When, when the, you know. So in our, in our, uh, in the seasons of blessing, be generous. Because there'll be times, you know, sometimes you, you eventually you're going to be on the other end of that, other side of that. 
and you're going to want people to be uh, concerning and generous and caring for you. The goal is equality, right? Equal giving, not equal sacrifice or equal sacrifice, not equal giving, not the equal same number, equal sacrifice. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. God provides. Thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus welcomed our appeal, and he is coming to you with much enthusiasm on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he is chosen by the churches to accompany us, so we carry the offer accompany us as we carry the offering, which we administered in order to honor the Lord and to show earnestness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. Yes, financial accountability. (laughs) I think that's so important. Paul mentioned so many things here. He's like, we, as we collected this offering, we want to do everything in our power to do it in a way that was honorable to God and honorable to others and to show the church that we care, that we are brothers and sisters and we're here to help each other. So we, went, we took great pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but eyes of man. I don't know about you, man. When I first became a Christian, uh, you know, so I wondered, like, what happens to the offering? You know, they take they pass those little bowls around. I, well, I wasn't raised in a church, right? So... I was wondering, like, they pass those little bowls around. People drop money in it, and then it disappears. Where, they, where does it go? These people come by. These men, men, these these ushers come by, take these bowls, and then they disappear. We don't see them for twenty minutes. What they doing? What they doing in the back room? They got some. They back there with cigars and visors. Like, what the heck going on? What going on with the money? <laughs> what they, what they doing with the money, man? They back there playing poker with my money. What's that? What's happening with it? <laughs> And so that's why, you know, we we uh, we go to every effort uh, in our local church to to make financial records uh, completely transparent. And now with online giving, it's so much more secure. You don't even have to. I mean, I think right now our probably 50 to 60 percent of our offerings are online. So it's never even touched by human hands, which is which is great. Less less chance for just accidents and uh Keep, 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 it's just good. It's good all the way around. Um, and I can say, honestly, praise God, in the 25 years of ministry, we've never had any financial indiscretion in, in with any of our volunteers and people who've uh, been a part of that. And and honestly, there's lots of checks and balances along the way that that uh, prevent that. But that's what Paul's saying. You got to go through those extra measures. I've ta- I've seen churches that I cringe in the way they receive the offering, where just maybe one or or two people handle the whole process. Or just maybe they the the counting the collecting the counting and the depositing of money that's a recipe for disaster right there. You got to check some balances, man. Not only for the, the the reputation of the church, but the reputation of the Lord. Verse twenty two. In addition, we are sending them our brother, who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an, and an honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. Paul's building them up, man. He's saying, I believe in you guys. I've, ta- I've, I've said awesome things about you. I've, I've told them how 
incredible that you guys excel in everything. Show them, man. Show them. Show them. Um, don't don't make me out to be a liar now. <laughs> prove 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 what I've to, what I've told them was true by your actions. Excel in this grace of giving. Mm. All right, guys. Thanks for being a part today. Hey, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together today. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for the word of God that challenges us to excel because excellence inspires people and honors God. And uh, we want to excel in everything, but especially in the grace of giving. And Lord, um, we know that comes from our awareness of what you did for us on the cross. Thank you for salvation, that incredible debt of sin that we owed that we could not pay, that you paid on the cross in full. And in exchange, gave us new life and liberty and a promise of heaven forever. Lord, so uh, make us uh, make us a, a, a grateful and a generous people. Uh, Lord, may we always have eyes to see and ears to hear ways that we can help and serve and contribute. Lord, um, we know that you love a cheerful giver. So, Lord, um, we desire to be, be that. Um, because we are delighted in what you've done for us. God bless my friends today. May you just encourage them and strengthen them, give them power and victory in every battle today. May they uh, make name your great, uh, make great your name today. Lord, we love you and give you thanks for all your goodness in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you for being on Second Corinthians chapter eight today, wrapped up tomorrow, or I'm sorry, on Monday, chapter nine. Hope you'll join us and be a part of that. Man, have a great um, Labor Day weekend. Stay safe. Stay encouraged. Um, love you guys. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Hope you'll share it. Uh, hope you'll like it. Like go on there and give a rating, give a thumbs up, especially on if you're on Apple or, or uh, if you're on a, a platform that enables you to do that. I really appreciate that. And that helps other people see it and be a part of this community. So thanks so much. All right, you guys have a great day. Uh, we'll see you on Monday morning. Have a great Labor Day weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.